he just opened Double Gory's son. Double Gory's son. Strategy. And dude, I almost got screwed over today because of that. And technology. So I think that we're, we got a little Commander Cast connection there. It's tenuous. Tenuous at best. And welcome to Commander Cast, episode 244. We're your weekly source for community, strategy, and technology. Hosted on mtgcast.com and our home site, commandercast.com. We're recording this on April 14, 2016. I am your host of the show, William. And joining me as always is my brilliant co-host, Calvin. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, everybody. It's Calvin. I'm also known as Captain Redzone around the internet. Uh, we went dark last week because, quite frankly, I didn't want to hit you up with another dangly bit episode so recently after having two dangles back-to-back. There's only so much dangle that our listening audience is willing to deal with before dangling just gets to the point where it's just too much in their face. Yeah, ain't that true. Although, it's not a bad thing to just go dark every now and then when, you know, we can't just come together and do the thing. Shut the fuck up, Navi. We're just starting a goddamn show. Alright, so, Calvin, we do get one of our other regular co-hosts back with us. It's Clay! It's Clay! Clay? I guess Clay has nothing to say. He has nothing to add to the conversation. I I unmuted. Ah. Did can you hear me? I can hear you, Clay. Yes, I can hear you. Okay, because I had it unmuted and I was saying things, and then you guys said I had nothing to say. So yeah, that's weird. Just a little bit. And then we were gonna have Mark join us. He might still join us later. But right now he is in a life or death battle with Skype. Just Skype. He's tried to yep. he's tried to, you know, update it like four times now. He's also tried restarting his laptop or computer or whatever he And you know what? Right now Skype's kicking his ass. I am kind of annoyed at this because I've been looking for it all week to finally having us all back together. Like we're recording this on a Thursday, it's 7.30, everyone can actually make it. It felt so good to look forward to Thursday and be like, you know what? This is going to be the night. This is going to be the night where I sit down with my guys and we're just going to sit back, shoot the breeze, talk to the commander, maybe afterwards talk about some Daredevil and it's going to be awesome. But no, Skype has to come in here and... Fuck everything up. <sighs> this show has gotten a lot more vulgar in the it's past unfair. few minutes than it normally is at this particular point. Strangely enough, like, I'm not really sure exactly how to feel about that. Well, I mean, granted, I, I did partake in a large portion of that vulgarity, though, myself. So I apologize to our listening audience for my various potty mouth. Oh, that's okay. So, I it- hope you still love me. In the meantime, though, we're going to go ahead and go into favorite commanders of the week. So, it's been a while. Let's go ahead and do catch and play. Do your favorite commander. Well, my favorite commander this week uh Friday. So, oh, hold on, Clay, if any not... of you guys follow the, Clay, uh, the Clay, dual Clay, commander... Clay, you'll have, to, huh? you'll have to do that over again. Cut you okay, is it messing Big up? Two. Is it messing up a bunch? No, I just cut you out. Okay. Well, uh, my favorite commander for this week is what I decided to put together in the wake of Tassiger's Exodus from the Dual Commander format. Um, very rightfully so. I played him for several months, eh, for several months, and he's just not a fair card. So I decided to look through the stuff that I had on me here at school, and I threw together a preliminary list that I've had in the back of my head since last summer. So I'm going to go with Chandra Fire of Kaladesh because playing Mono Red Burn with control elements in Mono Red is just funny, and no one really expects it. Not to mention I get to play Goblin Charbelcher. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. No one expects to get uh, Charbelched for exactly lethal. Huh. Last week I was uh, testing it out, and my opponent was at 17, 
and uh, he had more than lethal on board, so he passes to me, and we uh, we see what I can do. So I tap Chandra to ping him to 16. I cast Skullcrack on tap Chandra. He goes down to 13. Tap Chandra, he goes to 12. Um, cast Volcanic Fallout. Um, Chandra untaps, pings him, flips. Volcanic Fallout resolves. He goes down to uh, 9. I plus 1 Chandra to send him to 7. I activate Charbelcher, and I flip 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and then a non-mountain land. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's Go get him, young Pyromancer. That's quite a bit of damage, though. Yes. That's kind of yes, awesome. Yes, it is. I love Goblin Charbelcher. And I love Shark. See, the only thing about that that kind of gets stuck in the back of my head now is I just imagine, like, Daffy Duck when he's doing one of those uh, magic tricks that he's known for doing where he, like, drinks gasoline. But he can, you know, throws a match on it and it blows up. And it's like, oh, man, that was amazing. Yeah, too bad. I can only do it once. <laughs> okay, so then, Calvin, who's your favorite for this week? Uh, I would say my favorite commander for this week is going to be Krenko, the mob boss. I got a chance to play around with him and Frosh uh, over the weekend with my brother. Got a chance to relax, kick back, throw some cards and some dragons and some goblins around. And, you know, while granted, Frosh is okay. Uh, you know, no problems with the big dragons on this end. You know, he's a dragon. Everybody loves Jurgen. But in the same token, I didn't really enjoy playing with him as much as I thought I would. Or her. Is Prosh a female? I think Prosh is a guy. Yeah, well, you know, no the dragon. Well, then Krenko. Well, yeah, but Krenko, though. Krenko's still pretty good, and Krenko is still pretty amazing. I still enjoy that little goblin mobster. And, you know, <laughs> had, had plenty of fun playing around with him, throwing stuff, bringing out goblins overwarming the board with unnecessarily large quantities of tokens. It's been good. Yeah. Alright, so my favorite command of the week is not is less one that I've played, and more of an homage to my friend, who we actually had on the show, Ethan. And he was all hyped for the Gertrag monster. You know, that new guy, frog guy that lets you draw cards whenever you put lands in the graveyard from anywhere? He's now the belief that that frog should be... And I, I'm not quite there yet. I don't see it. I think it's really powerful, but... I think get, it's an overreaction. You get into situations where... Oh, what was it? It was a... He's going to draw some cards, but instead of drawing, he decides, okay, he's going to dredge. So, instead of the first draw, he dredges. Hey, look, another dredge card. And a land hit his graveyard. So, the draw has just now been played. So, he's still drawing five cards. But he goes, he replaces the next one with a dredge. Okay, that one changes into an, another dredge. And so, he's drawing a lot of cards off this, because he just keeps, you know drawing dredges and then he's drawing cards on top of that he and by the time he draws his card for turn he has drawn 35 cards <laughs> like he is just chained, i approve he has just chained all these draw effects together with the power of that dredge and he wins on that turn like he should with a full hand like he's holding ha- half his deck at that point. and he's convinced are are you are you making sure that he's only drawing once per dredge that's what i'm going to investigate because, um, like with Sidisi, if you hit multiples, it doesn't help at all. It's a valid point. He'll be hearing this next week when he listens to the show. But yes. Or will he? If he's still drawing that many cards, even with the Sidisi bylaw in consideration, that is still actually just stupid. There's no way that that should be possible, even if you're dredging every single trigger. That's what I thought. So I ended up not getting to see him play the deck in action earlier this week because EDH night ended up being date night instead. But still. Ah. So shout out to the Good Track Monster. That thing potentially just do. I still need a copy. <laughs> Although, Clay, were you able to do any pre-releases? Um, I worked two. I did not play in any. Aw. 
I got myself a Sylvan Library and a Plateau because of it, so I'm perfectly content with that. I got myself some shiny new toys. And by shiny, I do mean, like, actual legit shiny, because I ended up getting a foil Arlen cord in my... Nice. And that was on top of getting a regular Arlen in my seal. <laughs> so I basically had double Arlen. I was apparently calculating so loud that people... There wasn't anyone in the story that didn't know I didn't have double <laughs> I'm still convinced that they rig the sealed boxes to have better pulls for excitement and to saturate the market for... Well, conspiracy's not until fall, so... True, now... but I saw many, many, um, like, double Planeswalker or, like, Planeswalker Avacyn pools. Yeah, about that. So, it wasn't in my pools, per se, but when we went to do get my prize packs... I ended up pulling both Avacyn and Sigarda. Nice. So, yeah, I've actually just got through most of the cards in that. <laughs> I, still, I still have to wait to get, like, my box, because I'm actually like, trading a box of cons for a box of Mistrad to see what else I can get. Mm. Wait, a box of what? I'm trading him a box of cons of Tarkir for a box of Mistrad. Oh, okay. All right, good. good. What'd you think of Sorry. Sorry. What'd you think sound of like you said a box of Sound like you said a box of condoms for a box of Mistrad. No! Oh, man, I take that deal. <laughs> <laughs> Ow, it hurts to laugh. Okay, so, guys, if you like what we do here on CommanderCast.com, consider going to over... <laughs> <laughs> you can head over to our Patreon, where you can go ahead and drop us off just a little bit of a tip. You know, the $5 tier, you get to see the videos that I put out early. The $10 video, the $10 donations, you get to see the set reviews, which, this week, Ice Age, very hyped for that. <laughs> but, you know what, you can't afford that much, and you just want to show us a little bit of a fee. We'd appreciate it if you give us a little bit of a fee. just tip. One dollar, ladies and gentlemen, is all we ever really ask for. Go right ahead, slide that bad boy right into our Patreon. And, you know, if a little extra happens to go in, we're not going to complain. In fact, we have tiers set up, so you can put a little extra in, if that's what you choose. What else you have here? We also have the YouTubes and the Reddits are both linked into these show notes. If you want to follow the videos that I'm putting up, not just on Gab. Yeah, not just up the article type-wise, but also on the YouTube-wise. I'm also making sure that we get our shows up there onto the YouTubes. Because I know some people don't listen to podcast media, but instead listen to podcast through YouTube. So I'm working on that, making sure that's... And then, of course, we have the Reddits for all your discussion-based things. All right, then. So we have a couple of segments here that kind of were inspired by the conversation, the uh, the set review that I did with Eric and Eric. So coming up next, we're going to talk about Spikes, place of command, and how Spike is someone that feels someone can play as well as just what, you know, what is the spirit of it. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be back. Gross. Okay. I need to go take some ibuprofen. I'll be right back. Okay. So, while he goes and takes his ibuprofen, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to bitch. I'm going to complain and I'm going to whine and cry and probably bust out into a big pool of Boros-shaped tears. Tears in a shape of fists with sun drops around them, dangling from the small corner duct of my eyes. Just because I'm crying doesn't mean it ain't manly. So, today in our community segment, we want to go ahead and we want to talk about something that in may, uh, <coughs> sorry, Robert. Take two. So today in our community segment, I want to talk about something that one of our listeners emailed me about, and that's expectations about playing Commander and, you know, what our definition of fun is. 
know, in a recent episode, uh, we had Eric and Aaron, who are, you know, they're spikier players. They're more interested in playing, you know, competitively optim- optimized version X. And I'm saying there's anything wrong with that. No, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's what they, and that's what players are okay with. And that's what their fun is. Absolutely. But you listeners might be able to tell that eh, me and Eric weren't exactly seeing eye to eye on some of these points because, you know, either I kept interrupting him or, you know, it felt like we were getting a little combative at, at, on some points. And that's just because when we both sit down to a game of Commander, we've got different ideas about what we're about, what we want to experience. You know, with Eric, it was more of the, I'm playing to, to, ah, I'm absolutely playing to win. And why wouldn't I play anything that's not just my best options running? Where I go out of my way to play the non-optimal ways because I think janky stuff is hell as fun. Like, <laughs> like remember, I go out, went out of my way with my Sidri deck to put as many combo pieces into a combo as I could and then try and find ways to split one card into two more steps. That absolutely flies in the face of what someone like Eric wants. When I sit down, I would like to play a game that's like 30, 40 minutes long and have a lot of back and forth. Whereas Eric would be fine, you know, playing a game where it's literally wrap the board every turn as long as he's making his way towards a win. You see what I mean? Yeah. So let's go ahead and ask you guys, when you sit down to play a game of Commander, what do you want to get out of it? Both in terms of the decks that you want to play with and the experience itself. Uh, You can go first, Clay. Well... I think, really, the expectation that I have, no matter what the context of the game is, is just to enjoy myself. Because chances are I'm sitting down with people that I know, people that I'm really good friends with, and we just want to have a good time. And whether that means we're playing decks that we literally threw together earlier that evening, or we're playing decks that are incredibly cutthroat, it doesn't matter. Because at least, like, back with the group that I play with when I'm not at school, we all know each other's decks, we all know each other's personalities and play styles, and we all understand how to make sure everyone gets the maximum amount of enjoyment out of it. And that's really what it all comes down to. Alright, so that's the what, but what about the how? (laughs) Well, the how is a much trickier question, because sometimes we play all out, just like going to win at all costs. Other times, it's just, let's see what the most ridiculous thing we can do on this board is. And oftentimes, it just comes down to an enjoyable power struggle. And it's more fun when everyone's able to do things. But, man, it's just hard to actually think of words to say about this. Well, let me give you an idea of what happened to me uh, about a week or two ago, actually. So, this was a little after I had done my recording with him. And, you know, I had recently gotten a friend kind of back into Magic Vista by the Azuri Precon deck. And, you know, just kind of hang, hang around after Weiss, play some games, and all that. You know, Ethan was there, too. And, you know, at some point, I can't remember exactly what it was that caused it. Oh, that's right. He was playing his Dragonlord Ojutai deck, because he said that was a deck that he could, you know, dial it down a little bit on. It was someone who's just getting back into playing EH. But he had a double-strike, dual-sword-wielding dual dragon. So I go, okay, I'm actually just dead next turn. And he looks at me and goes, why? I go... Because you can just swing your dragon at me and kill me. And I've got nothing I can t- to stop that. And so he looks at me and smiles. He gets back to his turn. He swings at me, but he doesn't use his Umuzawa's Jite to pump the dragon lord. He just leaves me at one commander damage left. And he goes, pass turn. And I look at him like, the fuck is going on here? So I take my turn. I try to war cro- 
you know, Flare, Warcry, or whatever. I try, you know, I just make tokens, and I start swinging at him. And I'm expecting him to, like, use his Jitte to mow down my tokens or whatever. No, he lets it through. He's had a stupid hide by total. He doesn't care. Pass to my friend. Pass back to e Ethan. And, you know, he does his thing, and then finally kills my friend who we are getting back, which is fine. Whatever. But then, for the next six rounds, between him and me, it's him dirtling and intentionally making suboptimal plays. Where he could go just abs actually just kill me. He said he goes, and pass. While he just lets me wail on him. You know, with my little dirty tokens. And sometimes I'll have like a trumpet blast. Until he just pulls the last thing. And just, it was the stupidest thing I had ever seen. But it I, was funny. I am going to just straight up say that any time that that happens, I get offended. Now see, that, like, I, I kind of had, yeah, right? Like it's Just like, yes, sometimes I complain about not being able to do anything, or that someone's about to kill me, but I don't expect any mercy at all. Like, I would rather that game have been over so all three of us could play again. Well, see, it wasn't about mercy, though. It was about trolling. Because apparently, when he started doing this, I started giving him this look. This what the fuck are you doing look. And everyone was having such a good time with my reaction that... He just kept doing it until I finally managed to get his face in with all the nice little tokens. The whole time, but the whole table was thoroughly enjoying themselves, albeit at my expense. And that's the kind of game that we ha just have sometimes. Now, imagine a more inflexible, I was going to say flexible, spiky in that situation, where they actually just get straight up furious that this is happening. Like with that one, at least we have a story that came out of it, and everyone ended up having a good time regardless with someone who's actually just, no, you should actually just play the game exactly how you should be playing it. That just ends up, you know, ruining their night, yeah? Yeah. Like, what do you take it? What do you think? Well, see, the way I see it is, is like, if your friend is finding enjoyment in watching you squirm and the table is actually enjoying it, I understand. Like, yes, technically he could have just killed you and everybody at the table knows that this game could have been over like 20 minutes ago. But, but let, let's look at it from this aspect, right? He's playing. He has the option to kill you. He flats out kill you. Everybody starts a new game, right? Right. Now, that could be one thing. But then on the other end spectrum, if he hadn't done that and he actually did what he did, granted, you might not have gotten to play the second game. But at the end of the night, when everybody gets to go home, everyone gets to talk about the night that William got so pissed off because William's friend, because whatchamacallit, went and killed him. And just kept pinging at him or picking at him and just, yeah, you know, like he had to win on the board, but he just kind of just sat back and just watched William squirm for 20 minutes and just looking at those surprised face that William had. Like it, it, it gives them something to remember about the evening. Cause granted, if you go out and you just play a bunch of games, you're playing commander and you're playing completely by the rule. If nothing epic actually happens, like no one ends up swinging with a million squirrels or no one does something where it's like they get all of the, 27 pieces of the combo that William was trying to put together and actually beat the game and, and take over the board. If nothing like that happens there, everyone's just playing and the game just kind of goes and goes. At the end of the night when everybody goes home, yeah, we got a chance to play Commander that weekend. But in the same token, no one really has anything to talk about. You see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. When William is completely bored with my analysis of the situation. <laughs> nah, nah. But I guess my question on the other side of that is like, let's say... This happened to someone that wasn't William, but someone who did not take it as a joke at all and got right. incredibly offended by it. Okay. Like, is it is it worth the uh, the moral degradation 
just to have something to talk about at the end of the night. But that's what I'm saying. Like at the end of this particular event, the because of the group and the way that the people there play and the way everybody there knows each other, because that's play group, you know. It's the when you're when you're around your friends. You know which one of your friends you can kind of like make jokes with or pick at, and it'll be fine at the end of the night. Yeah. But it's like, say for instance, like if the four of us got together and we were playing, and I did this to William, even if I didn't win and Clay did end up killing us all, it'd be fine. Clay got a chance to do what he was going to do. I lost, but I got a chance to see a look on William's face. Everybody goes home happy. But I wouldn't do something like that to someone like Clay because, you know, while granted it would annoy him there's a very high chance that Clay probably would never come back to play again. Or the next time he did come back to play, he'd be a lot more aggressive and a lot more like on point with what he's doing or playing his more like finely tuned decks just to try to prevent that event from actually occurring again. Depends on it's, the situation. Yeah, it, it's, it's one of those, it's like, it depends on the situation. It's not something I would recommend you just like, you know, get a deck and go to a, a, a tournament and just do this to somebody who's sitting in a side event because you don't know those people like that. But when you're around the people that you know and you're around your friends and you're around your play group and you're sitting around the kitchen table or if you're just sitting at the local LGS and you're just sitting there shooting the breeze with a couple of people that you see every week that you know how they play and how they react and what's going on, then it's perfectly fine to do that because, you know, it's the group. You know each other. It's like watching whatchamacallit remove the football from Charlie Brown. I mean, some people might not find it funny when it happens, but if you know your group, it's always going to be funny. So what about you, William? What about what what how how did you feel about all of that at the end of it? Honestly, like, what what was your initial reaction, and then looking back on it? That's I mean, I wasn't actually angry or frustrated. It's you know I I, I just well, he was just uh, he was just confused, very confused, and what the fuck is about the most accurate? I can... It's just kind of amazing that you know he interpreted this as. William, wow, William is getting so angry. Let me go ahead and keep pushing the button. Uh, just, I was amused too. Like, I kept playing with the what the fuckery feeling I was going with. Apparently, that was what was. And honestly, I didn't see a reason to stop it. Everyone was, in fact, it was at my expense, but whatever. Everyone's had fun. But I was legitimately feeling what the fuckery. Because I tend to be one of the. Yeah, I'm not a hardcore spike. But I'm one of those people that's like, what are you doing? You can actually just kill me. Why aren't you killing me? Why are you not killing me? I swear to God, if you don't kill me, I'm actually going to be upset about this. At which point he says, no, I've been fine, fine. Like, when it comes back to me, I'll kill you next turn. Don't worry about it. And William's like, thank you. Doesn't do anything. It comes back around to him, draws his card, looks at William, says, fast turn. And William's like, what the actual fuck? What are you you doing? There's just so much what the fuck we got going on. And then, and then William gets like, no, I'm serious. If you don't do this, I'm just going to quit the game. Like, all right, all right. So, no, no, sorry, see, that, no that's part of what was actually going on. Sorry. With, uh, I told him, I kind of wish I hadn't taken that vow to not scoop. Because I can't scoop. <laughs> that was my New Year's resolution was to, you know, learn how to be a gentleman and not scoop during games. Now, did he know this about you? <laughs> yes, because I told him like three times during that because of what he's doing. So and so because of this, now he has more of a reason not to kill you, because now he wants to see exactly how dedicated you are to your New Year's resolution. That ain't right. <laughs> like now it's like the I'm giving you the temptation of scooping. You have you 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 have the power to end this, sir. But you know you let's just didn't let let but let's see how far you let let's see how far down this rabbit hole you're willing to go. 
pretty damn far considering I played a four-hour game against a Morath Super Friends player. No, not Morath. It was a... No, that was the only player. Still. <laughs> All right. So, overall, where do you think a Spike's place is in... Especially when, you know, the general population wants to play a more casual... Look, there's nothing wrong with being spiky and commander. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be the person who wins. Like, you know, if that's your definition of fun, then, you know, go right ahead. More power to you. Get out here, sir, and fill your deck up with all the latest tech of what you need to do and be able to murder your face and kill the people and do whatever it is you find of interest. I can't tell you how to play your game. But then on the other end of the spectrum, your playgroup does get the uh overall say of what actually continues. Now, if your playgroup is all into the spikiness and they all want to do that and they want to make sure that what they're playing is the best and they're playing like 34 versions of Siege Gang and Rhino because they're playing some type of like four-color deck with nothing but clones and casting Siege Gang Rhino and just doing that, then Siege go right ahead. Siege Gang Rhino. I'm fucking it all up. But you know what? It, they uh, know what? It makes 1-1 one, one Rhino tokens when it enters the they, battlefield. Yeah, and it gets... One. You can, uh, yeah. you can pay Abzan colors and sacrifice a rhino to, uh, lightning helix your opponent. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, not lightning helix because that's deal damage, but they, uh, they lose three life and you gain three life. I would go with lightning helix. I mean, you know, there's no problem. Like, you know, I would go with them not taking one damage for me to gain two. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, like, like, hey, that's what I'm saying. Like, if they're playing around, that's your, that's what your playgroup is into. Like, hey, like, uh, to each their own. I can't argue with that. That's how you play. That's how your friends get down. If that's how you, if you decide you want to go to the strip club and put a couple dollars down somebody's um, string in order to see what you want to see, then that's on you. If you're the kind of person to go to the club and take nothing but hundred dollar bills and make it rain all over the place, then hey, I can't complain. That's how you're enjoying yourself. But at the end of the night, we're all just a bunch of sexless losers anyway. So. Okay then. Now, I, for one, would prefer you drop those dollars off in our Commander Cash tip jar, but that's just me. So what William's really saying is that if you put money into the Commander Cash tip jar, he is more than willing to remove an article of clothing for you, depending on the amount. Well, that's... Calvin, we don't talk about my moonlighting yet. You're the one who brought it up. Says you. <laughs> All right, so that brings an end to our community segment. I want to go ahead and hear from you guys back at home. How spiky do you think is too spiky? What do you want to look at, you know, for your personal play experiences? I know some of you do comment in the comments regularly, and I love you guys for that. But what about the rest of you guys? What about the rest of you CommanderCast listeners out there? We have forums for you to, to post your opinions. Why not share some of them? Next up, we're going to go into strategy segment. And someone let the dogs out, so we gotta round those up. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. But who? You know that song is actually about ugly women? Yep. That's what I hear. Yep. So, today's strategy segment, we actually have a listener, another listener email, and he sent us his werewolf deck to look at. And I thought, you know what? People like the werewolf. We don't have a legendary werewolf yet. But we should. Why not shed a little spotlight on this particular deck and see if we can tune it up a little bit? Because he said it to us with the um, the moniker "Once in a Full Moon, it works." And I mean, like ten percent of the time, it works every time. Well, let's see. Full moon is like how long days? I want to say. A full moon. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, so let's go ahead and take a look at this deck list. The first thing that you notice with this deck list, and there is a link to the deck list in the show notes. So if you want to look at this list and follow along, by all means, go ahead. 
There are currently 36 werewolves in this deck. So, he definitely just, you know, put all the werewolves in. All the werewolves. Actually, some of these are just wolves. Like, he has the silver for a partisan in here, which is actually... Then, some of these are actually just, you know, beater. Like, the Reckless Wave, she's actually just a beater. And the thing that I've always had about this, about the werewolf deck, is that some of these aren't, you know, they don't have the impact that creatures need to have for a game. You know, your Huntmaster of the Fells is a perfect example of the card that has it. He comes into play, he makes a wolf buddy, he gives you some life, he transforms into, you know, a beast of a thing that can actually damage. You know, some of these other werewolves, like the Instigator game, the one that, the guys that are getting into fisticuffs, old-timey boxing, those are another fantastic card that have an impact as a creature. But then you get to just the Lambhole Pacifist, who is just a 4-4 beater even after she transformed. You know, some of these beaters... Some of these beaters are pretty decent beaters, like, the, you know, the Terror of Crew and Pass is a 3-3 Double Striker. But some of these just, I don't know if they're that great to be running. Keep in mind that this is also a format where you're playing multiplayer, and other people are going to be cast spells. It's not going to be that hard for them to keep off of werewolves, or if you do get on werewolves, but then just go, okay, cast two things, you guys are back to being humans. Yeah, I think probably the hardest part is just making sure that they stay on the side that you want them to stay on. Like, Immerwolf and Full Moon's Rise help, but werewolves are weird, Bleh. man. Bleh. You, 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 just, you just can't build around them always being on the side that you need to be on. But you see, the thing for the werewolf deck, though, is I would say that the best way to build for the deck is to not build for them to be wolves. Build for them to be humans. Because if you build for them just, for their front... Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. If you build the deck to support the weaker side, when they do flip, then the deck just kicks it up in the third gear, and next thing you know, people are just dying to wolf fights all over the place. But then you're never at a point where, oh, someone decides they want to cast two spells in the same turn, and your entire board flips backwards. And now it's like, the yeah, you've got all these wolves, but nothing else on the board is really helping, so nothing's going on. No, 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 now your deck is just switched back into first gear, but it's still, you know, playable, and it's still violent, and you can still play it as is. Because you built the deck to prepare for the weaker side. Or at least that's how I would personally look towards building a deck with werewolves. Mm. In it. I think you also might want to focus a little more on the wolf aspect of it. Because you get some decent wolves in magic history. Actually, I want to take a look at this now. Just look at type. There's like 39 wolves. Hey, Arctic Wolves! It's a 4 or 5 with a cumulative value of 2, which is bad. But when he enters the battlefield, you draw a card. You've got Briar Pack Alpha that has like flash. You can give target 2 2 until on a turn. Oh my god, you've got dire wolves. And they have banding as long as you control planes, which doesn't really help here. But banding! I have You'd also get a, you'd also get access to like, Sacred Wolf and, what's that one card? Uh, uh, Howl of the, what was it, Howl of the Night Pack or something like that? Cause then you can put out a whole bunch of wolf tokens, things like that. Let's see, then you got your Pyreheart Wolf. I still remember that from an episode where you had, uh, Eric Bonvion. And he's like, yeah, this puppy's actually pretty decent. I've always loved the Pyreheart Wolf. Pyreheart Wolf is actually amazing. Like, I've been blown out by that card. Then you've got Summerwald Alpha to help push through damage. You push the damage through. Push that damage way through. Because I could have sworn there was one that's not... I forget what the green myriad was. Uh, it's probably some good stompy. You got Wolf here Silverheart to make just everything stupid big that you pair it Silverheart with. Silverheart is sweet. It is. Like, you have some good wolf support, too. Like, just basic wolf support. And then, like, after that, you would almost have to play, like, a... Let's see. Could you play, like, a Wolf Tokens deck? Like, then you get your, uh, Huntmaster, right? The Huntmaster... Was a great Huntmaster? Then you get your Master of the Wild Hunt. Master of the Wild Hunt. That's what it is. 
Yeah, that guy. Because, like, a lot of these werewolves are making... Some of these werewolves make wolf tokens, too. Like, uh, yeah. Corn makes wolf tokens. The uh, the mayor of Averbrook makes wolf tokens. You mean one of several mayors of Averbrook? Yeah. Wait, what do you mean you one can, of several mayors of Averbrook? You can, you can have four on the battlefield. How? They're not legendary. Well, but this is an ADH deck. How are you getting more than one? Shh. <laughs> clones. They're playing clone tokens. Team Werewolves? Oh, my God. If you did go with Team uh, Werewolves, uh, uh, you could clone the werewolves. Point. And then you could play Serac at the helm. Serac is basically a werewolf. Kind of. Actually, that wouldn't be a bad idea. You go into Team of Werewolves, and then you just clone your werewolves when they're turned into werewolves, and then they can't turn back. Yeah, that That's, would work. I actually like that. It's, <laughs> yeah. Like, with a little tweaking, and, you know, cutting out... You could have, a, like, to... eternal, eternal Night of Wolves. Eternal Night of Wolves? What? It'd be like an eternal night of wolves, because, you know, the clone, they're turning into wolves, then Serac is making the clone copies of them, the clones aren't changing, so it's always wolves. So is that what happens when, all... so that's what happens when Mr. Burns blocks out the sun? <laughs> no, what happens when Mr. Burns blocks out the sun is he gets shot by a baby over candy. Wait, what? Wait, what? 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 Clay, huh? you make it sound like you haven't actually watched the episode of The Simpsons. I haven't really watched any. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Forgive me, William, for I have sinned. Oh, goodness. I mean, to be fair, Ashley hasn't really watched The Simpsons. Her, I can fix. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you may want to rephrase that, sir. I I have no possible inkling of what I could say being misconstrued whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I, I hope Ashley does not listen to the show. No, no, she doesn't. Good, you're in safe company then. Except yeah. for those who know you in real life. Yeah, they're like, yeah, so I heard William was going to get you fixed. <laughs> Well then. Alright, so looking at the rest of this deck, you know, Clay kind of touched on it earlier. This does have one of our favorite pieces of tech, the Isochron Scepter. Woohoo! Oh, Isochron Scepter. The only problem with this build is that there's literally only two instants in the deck, both of which can go on Isochron Scepter, but that's kind of a problem. If you're playing Isochron Scepter for value, having two other cards that it goes with is probably not the best. Whoever's deck this is, I would probably cut the scepter for another werewolf thing. Because either that or just find some other stuff to put the scepter put under the scepter. Yeah, yeah. You, you can find some really good, you know, two co- cost. I'm sure there's pictures. other uh like fight stuff that you could do, but I know the prospect of um just moon misting every turn is awesome, but it's not quite there. Yeah. Wasn't there a card that transforms all werewolves? Uh, yeah, it's in here. It's the Moon Mist. Transform all humans. Prevent all oh, yeah. common damage. That we don't for for some reason, that line "transform all humans" wasn't registering in my head. So. Yeah, you can actually use it to transform the the uh, the Delver seeds too. You can also use it to transform people's Jaces and Chandras if they just die. They do just die. <laughs> I'm actually not. It's great little tech. It is great little tech. So what other instances would we want to put in here to help the ice concept? So I think we would want to get it up to like nine instances for it to be relevant. The first yeah. one, the first one that comes to mind more, is fogs. Yeah, more than two. Wolves in the mist. Yeah. Hello. Hi there. Hi. Okay. Well, yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like putting more stuff in here for the ice concept, I would think would probably be the better way to go. Seeing as how you don't want to be casting too many spells from your hand because you're going to accidentally potentially flip your wolves yourself. But if you have things on the board like the Isochron Scepter and other things that put stuff into play or put copies of stuff onto the stack or whatever, then you can kind of bounce around with a ability. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. 
so adding more stuff to the deck, like, I don't know, like gruel charms or whatever the case may be, just to have other things for the scepter to be able no, to do. No, 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 not gruel charms. Never gruel. Why not? That thing is a turd on a stick. We determined this for a fact. It'll be a turd on an isochron scepter, though. So it'll be a shit stick. Then I don't you can hit people with that shit bad. Stick. No, I think it actually just is that bad. I tried to make. No, it's it. actually not that bad in this deck. Because yeah. if people steal your stuff, you can get it back, and you can force your creatures through. Who wants to steal werewolves? You can force your creatures through. Are you saying that someone's actually going to play dog catcher? No, I'm that saying, actually would be, I'm saying that the that would first be an interesting add to the meta, though. The first and third modes can actually be pretty relevant. It's the second one that is occasionally just amazing. What if someone briberies your hunt master? I say this again. Is someone Bribery actually going to someone's hunt master? It's so probably William... the best creature in the deck. If they don't know what the deck is, they're going to take it. Right, so because... basically, now what I'm getting in the back of my head is someone builds the werewolf deck, another player builds a deck based around cats, another one builds a deck based around birds, and another and a fourth player builds a deck that's based around like just stealing creatures. So now you have this like dog. You basically have this You're like target the animal player. control person who just like steals You're all the wolves, <laughs> rounds up all the cats, get back in the cage, bird. No, stop getting Wait. loose. Get back over here. <laughs> all right then. So we've got. Whatever. That sounds like a really fun casual game. I would love to play that. So what we've I got would love to be a dark catcher. We got someone playing Derevi, Brimaz, and whatever you would play for werewolf. Brimaz or Kemba. Uh, I Which think one? I think you would actually want to go with Brimaz because you end up throwing so much equipment on Kemba that she ends up being a Voltron deck. True. Brimaz at least you can build more around his tokens than just straight up. Yeah, and then there'd be more cats to steal too with Brimaz. All right. So the other thing that you can get for the Ice Gun Scepter is just more naturalized effects. This deck kind of looks like it needs more naturalized effects. Yeah. So you get your fogs, your naturalizes. Hey, naturalize is a good thing to put on a stick. Fantastic stick. Let's see, what was the other side of the... Okay, that's... Uh, that, that actually wouldn't be too bad. No, deck. it's not. Because trans- all of your stuff's going to be transformed all the time. That was... So... Yeah. Plus three, and first strike is not bad. Yeah. I don't... Does the second want triumph with the four? Like, it is just kind I of mean, an easy win button. It's a good overrun. But if we're just going with that, you could just go with Overrun. It, it's also in there. But it's also four mana, you're probably just dead. Especially if you have any sort of uh, trample. Oh, wait, it gives trample. So yeah. Yeah. What would be ways that you'd want to build around like the inside of these? Because I think Calvin's um, right. You'd have to have a lot of, some backup plans for can't flip. I mean, I would say Coat of Arms. Because they're all werewolves, no matter what side they're on. The, uh, the ones that are just wolves aren't as good. But it works. Uh, so this- yeah, like coat of arm effects, like that would be good for the human side. Uh, uh maybe a few extra equipment just to have something there to like, you know, kind of power them up a bit. And, and even once they flip into the wolves, they would still just keep the equipment anyway. So it'd just be an extra just, bonus. Do any of the werewolf lords give trample? I forget. Oh my gosh. Um, I don't think so. Because it goes really well with Stonebrow. Yeah. The guy who is actually at the helm. If any of them actually... I see Double Strike, Tividate... Like, one or two of them have Trample. But I don't um, think any. I don't think any one of them gives, like, Trample to all the wolves, so... Okay, attacking creatures you control get plus one plus oh and have Trample. Will Stonebrow see them declared as attacking with Trample and Trigger? Huh. Alright, so here's the other thing I wanted to kind of point out. I feel like a deck like this, once it kind of goes small and wide on the aggro side... So you would include a lot of anti-ramp packages 
to kind of, uh, you know, make key things manageable in terms of the scale. Because these guys can make an impact as long as they're not having to go up against, like, titan-sized problems. So, maybe stuff like Mana Barbs or uh, their Ruination version cousin. What was this? Damn, I can't think of it. Actually, you know what? That actually, that actually would work pretty well in this in this type of a deck. Like Mana Barbs, uh, your... Uh, what, what's the card? Wrath? Uh, let's see. The, the red one that the one that, that like increases damage. Uh, um, damn, what is it? Increases you know what I'm talking about? Furnace of wrath. Furnace of wrath, like furnace of wrath, mana barbs, things like that. Things that like punish people for playing too much or putting out too much. So those are the punishment. Because yeah, because then it gets to a point where it's like yeah, your opponents could play more than one spell a turn, and your wolves may flip, but in doing so, they'll be taking damage, and they may not want to, or they might not be able to stem the excess bleeding of what's actually occurring around them. Whereas basically, you, you're basically deterring them from playing more than one spell a turn. Right. Allowing your wolves to have a, uh, have a better chance at actually staying in wolf mode once they get there because no one wants to be the person who takes all the extra damage and lose the extra cards or whatever because they're trying to unflip your wolves. And even with that, you go ahead and run stuff like Price Glory, which is a three mana enchantment. That says, whenever a player taps a line for mana, if it's not that player's turn, destroy that one. So it means that you're going to avoid getting blown out by a lot of the tempo stuff, like Cyclonic Rift, Aether Rise, counter, basic counter magic. Yeah. If we go with the human side of it, we can also play something like Dosan, the Falling Leaf, that just stops them from casting spells on your turn. Yeah, and that would get them flip over more easily. Especially if you had more reactive stuff. But then Dosan shuts that down, too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but details. Actually, I think what you end up wanting is just activation abilities that you can do on your, on other people's turns. Because there are going to be opportunities where you want to, you know, pass turns just so you can get your flip. But then you need yeah. stuff to actually do on their turn so that you don't just get straight up punished when either they go end of turn, cast this, so you don't actually get your flip, or you need to do stuff, but you're trying to, again, just let them flip. As a disclaimer, whenever we see flip, we do, in fact, understand and realize that these that are... That means transform? That it means transform, and that these are not Kamigawa flip cards. Did you see that post that was just like a PSA on the differences between flip and transform, and Arlen Cord just ends up upside down? Only you can prevent inverted werewolves. <laughs> I actually end up pulling that card every time someone talks about flip cards in the store. I'm like, I find a way to tie it back to Kamigawa to make it clear that when I hear flip cards, I assume they're talking about Kamigawa cards. Yeah. It's just actually one of the greatest things. Yeah, but I definitely think a Punisher-type style of deck is what's going to help the werewolves run a lot better. Seems to make sense. Yeah, I would almost want to run something like uh, Rada Air to Keld as the commander. Because I actually remember Andy used to have a pretty fast, aggressive red-green deck in that deck. That would actually make sense. Like, Stonebrow can be aggressive, but your dudes have to have Trample. Um, the only lord, I think, in here that gives it is Neckbreaker. Um, which is actually just insane with Stonebrow. But Rada can ramp you into your werewolves better and gives you mana for activated abilities and stuff she during does. combat. Especially if you end up having something like a, a Perforos that gives fire breathing, which if you're making yeah. to wolf tokens every turn or, or a bunch of tokens, like off of uh, Kessig uh, Cage Breakers, then that can actually be a lot of damage. So Perforos would be obvious too. Yeah. And then I'm actually really interested to see how Arlen Cord plays in more. Because when I got a chance to play with her in the pre-release... She was very difficult to, you know, map out how you're going to get to a limit. I mean, you don't really need that limit limit break. She's just good value on her own. You know, now, now that you've gotten a chance to mention Perforos, I think that Perforos also would be like a really, like, 
interesting card to have in a deck similar to this with the new rules changes. Because now once the werewolves are on the other side and flip, they do still technically have the mana cost on that side now, right? They have the converted mana cost, but there's not any enemies. Uh Oh, the, it's the converted mana cost. It's not the actual. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Ignore me. That's a relevant question, though. Yes. All right, then. So, guys, anything else that we want to say about this deck? Um, Nothing else I've got. Let us know how it goes. Yes, by all means. All right, then, guys. So, if you have suggestions for this Werewolf Commander deck, go ahead, leave those comments on the Reddits, on our comment section, or on the Facebooks. Next up, we're going to go into our technology segment, and so humans are a tribe now. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. I mean, granted, they've been a tribe since the original strat. More support equals more. <sighs> I'm just mad. I don't regret having to take last week off to help out the boss, but... Alright. God, the plane basic. Wait, what? You know what Moomir basic is? Uh, a little bit. You know, uh, like you know what match we have. nowhere near entertained with Moomir yeah. big basic. Yeah. Yeah, I know what Moomir does. Someone in the chat says, I've only seen Phage happen once on a Moomir stream. But they also had Platinum Angel, so it didn't matter. Well, yeah. that actually just is Nambo, don't you know? Yeah. Technology today. I actually ended up having a in conversation. Pull me over, ask for my opinion on Sigarda Tribal Chief. You know, Sigarda is all the people you do, but she's just chilling. And she happens to make some tokens, which is actually pretty cool. And those are But, you know, just looking through his deck and thinking about all the humans that they're in, it's actually kind of amazing how many humans are just definitely human and are also great cards. Like Eternal Witness, it's a human. Champion of Lame Hope is also a human. And Champion of Lame Hope is one of the strongest finishers in green, especially for. Yes. So, when you think tribal humans, you don't really think tribal humans, if that makes sense. There are a lot of really instant powerful cards that just happen to be humans. And what I want to go ahead and do is, you know, talk about a couple that if you want to do tribal humans deck, you'd be remiss not to kind of include either this group of cards or these particular cards. And of course, the ones that I want to talk about are going to be stuff like the Champion of Landhold. You know, just incidentally, you know, just random rares that do a cool thing. And it ends up being powerful. That champion lane hold gets a counter every time a creature enters your battlefield. You know, that's for tokens, too. But here's the thing. Your opponents can't block with creatures that have power less than that champion lane hold. So with Sigarda out, you know, you're making tokens to just p- keep pumping her up while you're massing an army. Meanwhile, you have other humans out that are pumping up champion lane hold. And they're going to be able to get by unabated. And Sigarda is giving the champion the hexproof so they can't just go, okay, and give your attack face, bolt her and die. So guys, what are just kind of other cool cards that we can include in something where we want to go, yeah, I want to build a, tr- you know, around tribal, he- like, what are cute, cool humans in this play? Well, we can start by saying that there are 1,800 different human cards in Magic. What? Yeah, 1,816 different cards that have the subtype human. Mm-hmm. Most, a lot of them do not have it printed on the card because they didn't bother to write human on it until one of the uh, creature type revamps. Nice. Ooh. Oh, I forgot about this card. I've always wanted to put this in a deck, but I never had a deck to put it in. Um, Agent of Masks. Oh, Basically, at the beginning of your upkeep, you extort. Um, it's the 2-3 uh, for 3, asshole. black and white. What? Hmm? Did I just take one of your cards? 
let's put it like this. My internet is down, and uh-huh. in order to prepare for the human segment, you know what I did? I reached into a box of magic cards that my son had just sitting around here. I just started going through cards, randomly picking cards up just to see what humans I could get out of this handful of cards I pulled out. And Agents of the Mask was one of them. <laughs> and I was like, ah, what are the chances that anyone's going to talk about this one specific human? First one, up at back. <laughs> yeah. Um, every beginning of your upkeep, you extort. I've always wanted to put it in a deck. Um, yeah. And it's a free extort, so you don't have to, like, pay anything. It just happens. They just all really... lose a life and you gain that much. You lose life. You gain life equal to the life lost this way. So, Calvin, do you have a, a backup human? Well, the, this, the human I was I was going to go at first was going to be Agents of Mask, but Clay snuck it out from underneath me. Apparently, he's, like, staring over my shoulder as I'm sitting on the other side of this table. But the human, the secondary human, is trying to steal that one from me too. It's going to be Sky Husher. Sky Husher. It's a Sky human. Sun. It's a it's a human. It's a knight. It's a four three. It has uh flying. It's three colors, white and the blue. And it has when it comes into play, untap all creatures you control. But it also has another ability on it called Fortcast. And for those of you that don't know, Fortcast basically means that you tap to untap um white and or blue creatures you control and reveal it from and reveal the card with forecast from your hand. Forecast is a ability from uh the original Ravnica block. It was one of the guilds that the it's the it's the a guild mechanic that Azorius had before Azorius had detained. And when you forecast with the Sky Husher, you get to draw a card. So basically it's the you can just tap two creatures, draw a card, reveal this card reveal the um Sky Husher from your hand. But you can play this ability only during your upkeep. And only once per turn, so you can only really get a chance to do it once. But still, it's nice to get the free draw. But whenever you do get around to actually casting it, you get to untap all your creatures. And humans have a tendency to have abilities on them that cause them to be like tap. It'll be like the tap this card, do something, tap the card, do whatever, tap this, tap target creature down, or whatever. But then you can just cast Skyhusher and untap everything, and boom, you've got your creatures all back. Now you can swing for a nice attack if you so chose. Alright then, so guys... Probably one of the better humans that you know some people tend to forget about is one from original Avis Restored, the Summerwald Sage. Ooh, yeah. The Creature Lotus. For 200 grand, you get a 0-1 that's hella powerful for what she does. Tap, add 3 mana of any one color to your mana pool. Spend this mana only to cast creatures. That is a hella powerful ability. She has a big target after I've played a few games. And she's deviling your mana. She's a lotus on a stick. You're a lotus on a stick. That's called a stem. She's a lotus on a stem. Okay. So the ability to give her Hex with Sigarda is quite potent. And she's actually just one of the best ramps creatures that you use in any green deck. Fair. So what's your next one, Clay? Uh, well, my next one isn't actually a creature, but it's a card that I think should go into any very, very heavily tribal decks. Um, Cryptic Gateway is a hilariously awesome card. Um, let me look it up really quick. I need to refresh myself. Okay, Cryptic Gateway is a 5-mana artifact from Onslaught, and it just says, tap two untapped creatures you control. You may put a creature card from your hand that shares a creature type with each creature tapped this way onto the battlefield. So if you're playing a very dedicated tribal deck, and almost every card in your deck um, shares the same creature types, or you have some changelings or something, you can just be like, well, um, I have this thing. It's the end of the guy next to me's turn. I'm going to 
tap my Champion of the Parish and my Champion of Lamphold, and I have this Eternal Witness and buy back something. And then if I have another thing, I can tap the, or uh, let's say, um, tap two humans, put another one into play, and then if I have another human after that, I can tap those two and put another one into play. If an Eternal Witness is in there somewhere, I can buy back something from my graveyard and then put it immediately into play. Um, it makes more sense with tribes that have higher mana costs, like dragons, but it also works really well with humans. You just get free stuff, especially if you can uh, Cryptic Gateway into Sky Husser. Sky Hussy. Yeah. All right, Callan. So what's in? So what else is in your random pile of grabbings? In my random pile of grabbings, the next human of interest would be the Disciple of the Vault. So human, it's a cleric. He's a one-one. He costs a single black. It has an effect on him that says, whenever an artifact is put into a graveyard from play, you may have target opponent lose one life. Now, there's some people out there who know exactly what happens when you deal with the Disciple of the Vault because he was a part of an interesting deck involving uh, affinity where you could basically get artifacts into play and you could sacrifice your creatures or whenever your creature died, your opponent would instantly basically be killing themselves for trying to kill you. And if you decided to wrath or something occurred and other stuff died or you happen to have the doctor assembly sort of a meek combo kind of going, you could just keep sending stuff away and just kill people. So as a human, he is extremely powerful for what he does. Granted, in order for it to be a human tribal deck, though, you would have to find some other way to get a bunch of artifacts in the play and be able to get rid of them. Now, in the recent set that just came out, Shadows of Innistrad, there are several artifacts in there that just kind of randomly show up, and they're known as clues. And you can now use those clues as also artifacts that can be sent away that he can now also abuse as well. You know, can I insert another uh, creature in that in that same vein? Sure. Um, I don't have a third creature just yet. Um, what was that? Pious Evangel um, from Shadows Over Innistrad. It starts out as a soul sister and then flips into a blood artist. It seems actually pretty sweet, because then you get to keep the tribal and not splash vampires for blood artists, but you still get that same effect. If they wipe the board, they just take a shit ton of damage. The humans are a lot more dangerous than they uh, than, than they sound. <laughs> Which, when you think about it, is actually kind of the way humans are. Like, like when you look yes. at, like, if you if you do, like, a, a comparison of humans compared to most creatures in the um, world... We don't have claws. We don't have, like, really sharp fangs. We're not the fastest. We're not the strongest. But we are the most dangerous because we have a tendency to just find this weird way of just killing everything around us. All right, then. So, I, I'm up next? Yeah. If that's what you want. All right. So, next up, we've got probably one of the more notorious humans, Hero of Bladehold. That's, oh, yeah, that's a good one. It is a very good human. For two white white, it's the Human who brings in other soldiers. Not Human, just soldiers. But she also gives them battle cry power. 1-0 whenever she attacks. Whenever she attacks, she brings all the boys to the yard. And she helps them punch the face. Very good Human. And it kind of helps because it's fun to play the uh, token type strategy. You know, one, it helps go wider. And it helps go a little bit taller to push things. And I feel like humans is you know, kind of like werewolves where you want to build kind of a token strategy. Are there a lot of things that generate human tokens? Well, there is increased devotion, which is that flashback spell from Dark Ascension. Yeah. Mm. It, it makes a ton of humans. It makes five humans, and then it makes ten if you flash it back. Yeah. Mm. Okay, then. All right, so Clay, last one. Well, let's see. It's more card. Okay. I guess I'll just go there. Um, Snapcast. Who, need, who needs to play Sigarda humans when you can play five colored humans? And who needs to play anything 
other than something that is actually just a double anthem. Um, Corona the False God, great for five-color tribal decks, makes your dudes bigger. It's hilarious when you pass it around the table. That's all I got for that. And Corona's also pretty cool because you get to include, like, what was it, um, the Vow Cycle, I think it is? And you yeah, tap it on Corona and she gets bigger. Stick an assault and she, suit. Yeah, an assault suit. Now so you can just smash everyone's face but yours. Let's see. Digging deep. Oh, no. You're digging meat? Uh, I'm going way deep. A little bit deeper than I expected, actually. Don't go too deep. Are you a human? Nope, you're a vampire. Are you a human? Nope, you're an island. You're an island, too. That's an artifact. That's a rat. That's an element. That's sorcery. Hmm. Give me one second. First human I see, because there's way too many humans in the game of magic for me not to be able to find one in a random pile of cards that I just happen to pick up with my hand. Ooh, Angel of Glory's Rise. Ah, here we go. Here's a human. White Knight. <laughs> white Knight. And let's see. White Knight. Double white. 2-2. Two, two. Human Knight. Has first strike and protection from black. Very basic. Very simple. Can help, you know, kill off some people. Does a lot of protection from black. Let's see, another human that I found. Uh, Salvic Explorer. It's one color, it's a green. So one, one. It's a human druid. And it has tap. Add to your mana pool one mana of any color that a land an opponent controls could produce. So if you're playing five colors, like how Clay is suggesting, that's perfectly, that's perfectly fine. That's something you can do. Let's see. Uh, here's another random human that I've come across. Uh, Benelis Knight. Two colors on a white. It's a human knight. Has splash and first strike, and it's a 2-2. Similar to the white knight, but, you know, you can surprise people. Let's see. That's a Kifkin. And that's, um, and that reason Kifkins exist is because they didn't want to put humans on Innistrad. Not Innistrad, on, uh, Larwin. There's a little fun fact for you magic aficionados out there that didn't know, or the ones that, you know, kind of just wanted to hear me ramble as I shift through another pile of cards to see if I can find another human. Kind of like a uh, humble Budaku. One colors green okay. human. Can't be the target of spells or ability, and it's also a 2-2. So apparently a large portion of the humans I'm finding are very small body. They're very tiny dudes. There's also, let's see, Cell Sword Group, which is also one colorless and a red, and it's 2-2. It's a human mercenary. And it, when it's put into Two, that's something you'd want a two-two that only, that can hit you for two. Two-two that can hit me for two. Oh, that will. Yeah, two-two that can hit you for two. Why would you want to hit me for two? Why not hit Clay for two? Because <laughs> it's your creature. It died, so it hits you for two. Uh, let's see here. We also have. Let's see what's this. Gray pelt hunter. That's three colors and a green. It's a two-two, and it has trample, and it has whenever the hunter or another ally enters the battlefield under your control, it gets a plus one plus one counter. It's a human warrior ally, so, you know, basically it's a 3-3-4 three, three, four, four that can potentially become a, a bigger, depending on how many other allies you got. Trespasser Ilvik, which is two colors on a black human rogue, it's a 3-1. It dis- has discarded a card and gained shadow until end of turn, which means that it can't be blocked unless it's being blocked by another creature with shadow. And it can't block other creatures with shadow. It, it can't block other creatures if it has shadow, so... You know, I bet it can't block other creatures with shadow. All right, let's see. Faderic Seeker. Is one color that's like green. That's a wooden human shaman. Has tap, draw a card, and reveal it. If it isn't a land, discard it. So, you know, if you're playing a deck that has a lot, a lot of lands in it, perfectly fine, I guess. I don't know. Let's see. Is that the end of the pile? That's the... Oh, oh there's one last human in the end. Very last card. And it's Simic Imitator. Wait, Sim, wait, no. Simic Initiate. It's one green, and it's a zero-zero human mutant. And it has graft of one. So, yeah. There's, like... If you're trying to build a human deck and you happen to come across a random pile of magic cards, chances are you can find more than enough humans to be able to kind of like just submit and actually make the deck 
fill in any extra fodder of humans. If you're not looking for anything specific, you just want humans to be humans and humans being humans to human, 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 then that's perfectly fine. You can go right ahead and do that. Uh, let's see. I think that's about it as far as I've got. Ran off a nice long list of humans. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw uh, Angel of Glory's Rise in there because that definitely deserves a mention. It's a 4-6 angel from Abyssin Restored for 5, a white and a white, which is kind of expensive, but she has flying, and when she enters the battlefield, she exiles all of the zombies, all of them, every zombie, and then you return all human creature cards from graveyard to the battlefield. So it's a one-sided mastery animation that could potentially just destroy your opponents if they are playing zombies. If they're playing zombies, but more often than not, you're actually just going to get back all your which may include yes. some of these really powerful cards that we actually just listed. Yep, and if you bring back your Champion of Lamholt, she will see everything else in there. And trigger, and then if you bring back your Thalia's Lieutenant, they'll all get a plus one, plus one counter, and it will see all of the creatures enter. It's pretty pretty sweet. Alright then. Guys, I think that's good enough for now. So, you know what? Let's go ahead and wrap this up and head to our outro. Yay. I would say that that wasn't that bad of an episode for a person who had no idea what the hell we were doing and didn't even try to plan for it. <laughs> Whew. And then next week we got to figure out something all over again. But you know what? We have listener emails. Emails with ideas. Ideas that we can share with the world. That's right, listeners. You've got ideas, and we're more than willing to talk about them because we ain't got nothing else to do. We have no ideas. You don't want us to have to go back and rehash some old things that we decided to talk about just because we had nothing else to do. Over here talking about like, uh, uh, the, the guild colorings and the combination shit. And stuff. Nobody wants to hear that, unless of course you do. In which case, put it in an email and tell us, hey, why don't you guys go over this thing that you guys talked about before? And we'll do it, because you know what? You want to hear it? We got you. Alright, this has been episode 244. I want to go ahead and thank both these guys for coming out today. Calvin, Clay, thanks for being here. Yeah, okay. And no thanks to Skype for taking Mark away from us. Oh, I don't know if that was only on my side, but it sounds like Skype knew that you were about to complain about it and just decided to shut you down. Well, we'll find out about that in post-editing. For now, though, let's go ahead and pass out some content. Calvin, if people want to reach you, how can they do uh, let's see here. If you want to reach out and contact the captain, it's real simple to do. All you got to do is hit me up on Twitter at Captain Red Zone, or you can hit me up in an email in Gmail at CaptainRedZone at gmail.com. Also, if you want to reach out and contact us here at CommanderCast, that's also easy to do. You can hit us up at, at CommanderCast or hit CommanderCast up at CommanderCast at gmail.com. Or you can go to CommanderCast.com, find the show, put a comment at the bottom of the episode. You can also find us on Skype or on um, iTunes. So, Well, you can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on iTunes. So if you like to listen to us on iTunes, you can find us there. If you like to listen to us on Stitcher, you can find us there. And on Stitcher, you also find any of the other uh, podcasts on our main site that do happen to go up, Rivals Duel, and Deck Builder Spotlight, Journey to Wherever, and all that other stuff. Let's see here. I'm buying time. William, did you look up any five-star reviews? Well, lucky for us, I already have it up here. Yay, so now, William, do we have any five-star reviews? Yes, we do. We have someone who's talking about the Dragons of Tarkir review we did. Five stars! This was on March 31st, 2016. So, it's by the likes of gentlemen. That would have been after the last episode that we actually recorded. So, this one's from Jordy. 
Hey guys, love the show. The only MTG podcast anyone needs. I play Commander by myself because no one wants to play or learn to play. Oh. But I feel like at least you guys give me advice, so thank you for all the hard work and ideas. I loved the last episode, I think Dragon Guitar here wasn't terrible. I really loved Risen Execution, thanks. And thank you, Jordy, for leaving us that 5-star review on iTunes. See, I was on top of it. Thank God. Alright, so Clay, if people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Uh, people can find me on Twitter and Reddit and Gmail as EDHPanda. I finally set up the forwarding from the EDHPanda at gmail.com to my regular email. So I'm sorry if there's anyone whose emails did not get answered at any point because I thought it had been set up to forward them to my usual email account. So I never actually checked it because I thought that was all set up, but apparently it wasn't. Whoops. So, yeah. Clay, all those unanswered emails, all the fans that you disappointed. All two of them, maybe? That's two more than I have. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, then. So, if you want to get in touch with me, I am W-I-E Hernandez at gmail.com. You can also follow me on the Twitters. I am at BlueRam1409. Doing my best to make sure that I get let people know when I'm doing the Patreon recordings. Because I've had a couple of people who, of our fans, you know, pop in on the uh, chat when I record video. And <laughs> that, 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 that's actually been kind of fun. So then, gee, did you, Cavalry, hit us up on the Facebook, on Twitter? Yep. Alright. So, lastly... If you like what we do here, you don't just want to leave you, leave us comments, or anything like that. If you want to give us a little bit more, consider leaving us a tip. Enjoy. And just a tip, ladies and gentlemen. One singular dollar is all you need to slide into that bad boy. You've heard me say this at the beginning of the episode, and I still mean it. That's right. All this time later, I still want just a tip. Granted, I had to go real deep into that box, but you can go real deep into Commander Cast too, and slip a little extra in, and put it into the various outlets and the other parts of the Patreon that we have available for you, in case that's what you're into. Big thanks to everyone here at the Commander Cast Network. You know, it's been a r- rough month and a half for some of us, but, you know, summer's getting cl- close, things are going to come back together, and you know what? We are going to get Mark back up here. We are going to have the band back together, it's going to be the four of us, and it's going to be friggin' awesome! So until next week, guys, we're going to have more community, strategy, and technology. Until then, let's get it! So, guys, I have something I need to show you. It's actually someone's email to Commander. So what it is, is it's a playmat that you use, and it's going to help you track uh, who has what attacks. It's actually kind of neat. So, like, you put... Weird. So, like, you put... I guess you would put your deck... No. Cause this is, like, something that you would put out into, like, middle of everyone's table, I guess. Yeah. And then you would put your commander on top of one of these red circles, and it points towards other people. Yeah.
It's cool, I just don't really like the design on it. The background, at least. I mean, I'm pretty sure you can change the background. Yeah. Like also, the, that logo kind of makes me cringe. Um... The, the, the name in the middle let's see. makes me cringe. So let's see. This one's from KingNeckBeardGaming at Yahoo.com. Hi guys, love the cast. Just launched the first product for a gaming supplies company I'm working on, and I think it's something the Commander community is missing. It's a four-player Commander Game State playmat, and is now available at Inked Gaming. It sits in the middle of the table, and attracts Game States for up to four players in a multiplayer game. Six-player version coming soon. Never again will you need to ask opponents about game information. Life totals, Commander damage from all opponents, Commander attacks, Commander zone. Basically, I'm looking for feedback and hoping it's something you like. You might be interested in giving away or talking about it on the cast. Well... And he's, on, and he's based in Australia. Huh. Well, I think my first impressions of it is that it looks like it's on a full-size playmat, which won't really work sitting in the middle of a table. Um, it should probably be much smaller. Like, if it could just be... Try and make it bubbles. kind of like a mouse pad? Yeah, like with just the bubbles, so you could set it between people's playmats, or like just overlapping on the corner of the playmats. Also, personally, I think the name King Neckbeard is kind of terrifyingly disgusting, but that's just me. Um... If you haven't branded it too hard at this point, but that that's just me. What? It makes me cringe just looking at it. <laughs> Wait, what's Maori saying? Um, she she gasped that I just straight up told someone that I didn't like their brand name. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want any association with the word neckbeard whatsoever. I probably would not play a product that has the word neckbeard on it. That is that is my thought on it. He Clay is not feedback. a neckbeard. I Clay is not a neckbeard enthusiast. <laughs> no, he ain't about that life. Not at all. Like like Clay Clay gives positive reviews and like helpful advice about the product and gives downward reviews towards an actual name. Boo to the neckbeard apparently. Boo. Is let's see. I, I, for some reason I, I thought there was like another word for guys who wore fedoras and cinema late. Like, was it actually just Neckbeard, or was it... I thought they had a, a more self-proclaimed title than that. Uh, is what is. I guess. Alright then, so how about that Daredevil? I have not yeah, seen so how, how about was that? How about how was that first episode you finally got a chance to watch? Uh, I got a little confused at one point until I realized that... No, yeah, they actually did just change scenes. I thought you said that the, uh, the continuous shot scene was in the first episode. No. Did not. I said that in this in the in this particular season, there is an uh, an episode where he has a continuous hallway fight. All right. Well, it is uh, Frank the Punisher, right? That he's dealing with in that first episode. Frank Castle. Yeah, Frank Castle. So Frank and Castle. yes, Frank Castle is the Punisher. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Like I haven't. I actually completely forgot that I need to watch Jessica Jones, but I'm looking forward to basically having a mini Avengers. Because I remember them saying that's actually what they're building with. They're going to bring out, I think it was the Defenders, is that the team? Yes. Yeah, they're going to bring that team. I'm excited. So what's been up with you, Clay? Uh, not much. Just trudging through the end of the semester. Yeah, that sounded pretty rough on you. <laughs> it's all going to be fine. Oh, let's see. There was actually... That's right. Let's check email real quick. Ah, so Nick L. Nuts. No, no, no. It wasn't L. Nuts. It was Blind Freeman. He's invited me onto his anime podcast. Whoa. Yay. So, in a couple of weeks, not next week, but the week after that, I'm going to be on the Anime Summit podcast, and I actually like their bit. Like, they also, uh, like, they do a podcast on current anime stuff, but then they also have, you know, just general discussion type stuff, too, like the wife phenomenon. 
That was actually a good episode. I like it. Have either of you played any of the Ace Attorney games? Yes, I played it all the way through uh, Apollo Justice. They've started an anime based on it. I saw the first one of that, and I was so hyped. It it looks like it's going to be spectacular. It there are two episodes out now. It kind of does. I'm worried that it's going to be a little too much like the straight game and less more of an adaptation. Oh, I was hoping that it was going to mostly be the game, which it seems to be, but there are some some changes that they've made. But right. Well, you keep some of the more iconic stuff. Like, you got to have to hold it. You've got to have to take, take that and all the classic, you know, stuff that the game is known for. At the same time, though, if you make it too much like the game, I'm worried that it's going to turn into, like, Let's see, I've never actually played Metal Song, but I hear that there are a lot of really long cuts that make you feel like you're watching less like... I mean, for the most part, playing the game makes it seem like... It feels less like a game and more like a visual novel, which it is. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to seeing how well they do the adaptations. Because it seems to be, at least so far, that they're going with the same cases that the games had. Like the first one is Larry's girlfriend getting murdered, um, then Mia, and Red White is an asshole, but... Yeah, and then you got Larry Butts. Larry. This is actually looking, so, to be yeah. a, this is looking to be a good season for anime. Like, it just started. And I need to watch this one from Trigger, called Space Patrol Luluco. I haven't seen it yet, but the, uh, the promo video has her doing this magical girl transformation type thing, except she twists around and turns into a gun. She turns into, like, a Space Patrol human-sized gun, and she seems very disturbed by it. And I kind of would be, too. I probably would be, too, if I turned into a gun. (laughs) Um, There's so much good stuff to look for. Like, now that I'm not, you know, training 24-7 for this, for the Spring Fest, I can actually look at these shows that I can catch up on. (laughs) So hype. Like, Ashley and I are actually working through uh, Fate, Fate Zero right now. And it's awesome because Ashley also got me a writer, Alexander the Great statue, for my birthday. And he's literally head and shoulders taller than most of my other figure statues. <laughs> like, but not in like a, oh, this is just a version of the character that's bigger, that's a bigger scale. No, like he's too scale with the other characters. He's just really tall and huge. And actually, I like Ryder so much from Fate Zero that I have like Alexander the Great documentary on my watch list. Well, actually, Calvin. Yes. You enjoy studying, like, military history and all that stuff, right? To an extent. What's up? What do you know about Alexander the Great? Uh, Alexander the Great uh, basically conquered most of the world. Uh, he is one of the individuals who developed a military strategy where when he attacked, his team were not all in the same line. Because typically before, most people would just line up, like, here's the front row and here's the second row. But he came up with a strategy where his team would be on a diagonal. And because his team was on a diagonal, the front line, certain members of his team would be able to attack first, but it allowed his the rest of his army to kind of circle around and flank the opposing teams. Therefore, he could then attack opposing armies from the front and from behind with the same battalion. Huh. And they wouldn't be able to recuperate in time because, you know, it's one of those like, hey, I didn't realize that he was going around, that this team was going to be circling around. Everybody needs to rearrange this, and by the time they get everything set up, it's too late. Oh man, I'm looking forward to learning more about this guy. And then what's up with right, you, Kevin? I think I'm gonna head out. Alright. All right, later, Clay. Later, Clay. Yeah. See you guys. Later. To, we can just add him. So. Hey, Curry. There's. Still says.
It's still said, that, but hey, guess. Oh, uh, not a thing. Nope, no things for him. Not even a thing. No. <clears throat> wow. Just can't do the thing. That was powerful. Place. All right, and I will link the show notes that someone can help me set it up. Oh wait, you have to die. Captain's got gas. Let's see. Cast episode 244K. I'm assuming we don't need all these SOI legendaries under community. Yeah, well, not yet. Guess? Who needs guess? We've got the band back together. Depends on your definition of the band. And back together. Right. Damn you, Skype. <sighs> Damn Skype indeed. All these updates messing with our podcast and everything. I wonder if other podcasts have had this problem. Pretty sure they have. I'm just not sure if they've actually documented it or not. Did somebody just get a message from Facebook Messenger? Probably. So, Calvin, I did finally watch the first episode of Daredevil. About damn time. I'm looking forward to catching up on the rest of the Daredevil. About damn time. In all honesty, at this particular point, I think I've actually forgotten more about the season than you watched. That's harsh. So we got that. We got. There we go. There's the world. Open that up. It's gonna talk about werewolves. It's gonna be awesome. Werewolves. Yeah. Werewolves? Master should have been legendary. It should have been, but the rules were so There's weird back then. Master of Let's see. And then we've got tribal heat attack. You know what doesn't work as tribal? What? Minotaurs. What? No. They had like a whole block about that. They should work. Do you, uh, at least, uh, modern minotaurs doesn't work. Yeah. You have to go back in time and get some, like, more. More minotaurs you go better. Can we just didgeridoo in, like, three fanatic of Mojus? Or we, can we just, like, didgeridoo-don't and get off Minotaurs? I'm just saying. What we could do is we could play blue Minotaurs, and then we could use clone effects. Grixis <laughs> Minotaurs? No, that's actually what I'm going to do when they release four color commanders. I'm going to take the one that's not red, and I'm going to make mono blue Siege Rhino. Dude, the, the, like, 34 Rhino deck. I love the 34 Rhino deck. It was great. It was! Like, it was all Siege Rhino all the time, get some. And then there was that casual deck that was actually just Mono Blue running a Siege Rhino at the clone. Damn Siege Rhinos. Yeah, with Mark. Gertrog Monster's good. I love Gertrog Monster. It's so great. I haven't built it yet, but it's great. No, it is great, and my friend can actually attack, is actually claiming that this card needs to be banned from EH. Really? After having played with the deck. What card needs to be banned from EDH? The Gitrog Monster. The Gitrog Monster. What's it do again? Fucking Mutant Frog. That's the one that draws you a card any time a land goes to your graveyard anywhere. One or more lands. If you cast armor, you'll only get one land. Or one card. It's not that broken. I'm gonna describe the scenario that he talks about. Like, I don't think it's go- it should be banned either, but... You know, some things with it are just stupid. Like, just straight up stupid. Well done with the sweet. Unless you want to wait for the, uh... Yeah, no, I was, seg- was going to wait for the segment. Ooh. Okay, Marcus, I just saw Mark logging online. Yes, it says he's online. <clears throat> Werewolf's list is into the show notes, and then we have the other thing. Oh, so Clay, how are you taking the yeah. whole, uh, Tassigers finally banned in single 101? Um, I mean, I'm not surprised. The day before the announcement, I was just like, there is an 85% chance that I'll be playing Barash the Hunter the next week. Uh, so, I'm not surprised. I played it. It was broken. It had to go. Oh, come so, on! It's not working. It's not... I, we are getting marked under... Ah. Uh, yeah. We are doing... 
Like, did he actually update? Did you actually update it? Are there updates to be got? It should be updated. Like, Aaron did it, Aaron updated it, and then he was able to just jump right in the call. But Mark isn't Aaron William. Well, no, he's not. He's better. He's our special little professor. How dare you make that comparison, William? I will hunt you down and skin you where you are. Just a little bit. We need more than two effects, but I don't think there are. So that's okay. Can I try one more time? All right, guys, come on. One more again. Come on, positive feelings. Come on. You're asking me to be positive? Yes. Uh, you have no idea what you're asking of me, sir. It may be a monumental task, sir. I understand this. But we are going to have Mark on here. <laughs> you not, you know not what she's. Nickelodeon? That's what you were saying, right? Uh, maybe? Although, evidently, yeah. I think, let's see, I think it was Paramount Studios that wants to make an actual cinematic universe around old Hanna-Barbera cartoons. What? Like, I read somewhere that Paramount Pictures wants to make their own like, cinematic universe, kind of like the Marvelverse, only they want to make yeah. it with Hanna-Barbera cartoons, you know, like Dexter's Lab Power That's strange. I'm not really sure. I'm, like, is Dexter's Lab and Power Girls Hanna-Barbera? They are, actually. Huh. And I know that. Actually, if I think about it, there's a chance that Samurai Jack might be, too. <laughs> well, if Powerpuff Girls is, then Samurai Jack would be, too. Yeah. But, you know, because when I think of Hanna-Barbera, I don't think of, like, Powerpuff Girls in Dexter's Lab. I normally think of, like, Scooby-Doo, Johnny Quest, yeah. uh, like, all the characters that you saw in the wacky waste racer cartoon. Quick, draw my bra, and all that, and all those crazy little wacky individuals. <laughs> uh... Damn you, Skype! Left. <laughs> You see there? That's the reason why Skype isn't going to let him on. Because you're over here damning Skype. You should be praising Skype. Thanking Skype for all the years of hard work and service it's given to all the many and various episodes of Commander Cast until brought to you. But no. The one time Skype fucks up. The one time well, Skype fucks up? Try the last one five the, times. One of the many times Skype fucks up. Now suddenly when I throw Skype to the wayside? If I were Skype, I would tell you, fuck you, sir. And I would pick up my ball, and I would head home, and I would leave you out there, Skypeless, showless. But no, 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 Skype isn't that mean. Skype isn't that cruel. Skype at least allows three of us to be able to communicate enough to be able to do something if we so chose. But there's no reason that it shouldn't allow all four of us. Well, maybe it doesn't like the fact that Mark went on vacation. And his phone is dead! Can't he plug it in? That's what I do. Everybody's still here. No, no, I've been looking forward to this for all week. Oh, I didn't... Wait, Hanna-Barbera did the Fonz and the Happy Days. What? Yeah. So technically, Space Ghost is in the same universe as the Fonz. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... But that's overly depressing. Wait, I mean, like, literally, you have no idea how much that just killed my mood. Wait, what? <laughs> wait, he dropped his phone. Oh, like, dead, dead. Like, it doesn't, doesn't function? So what Mark is really saying is he no longer has a phone. What he has is a, a very expensive paperweight. Uh... I I know what to say. Yes, the joys of Commander Cast. I was looking forward. Welcome to back, Mark. I was looking forward to so much. Finally, having all four of us back together. Commander Cast. Something is... about something about this makes it feel like it's an April Fool's gag. 
like William, like Mark really wasn't here to begin with in the first damn place. William and Claire are like just dragging on this like long stick about like how Mark is supposed to be here in order to get our listeners up to Nancy and be like, "Ooh, where's Mark? I heard Mark was going to be on a new episode of Commander Cash." <laughs> All right. So, although, okay. let's see, I knew about SWAT cats. Actually, SWAT cats. We'll see. Huh? I don't see Samurai Jack though. Or maybe, maybe Samurai Jack smart enough to get off that dying ship before it went down. Yeah. There was one lifeboat left. And Samurai Jack took it. I guess so. Like, I'm looking at all of the things they have, and now, let's see. There's just some pussycats in outer space. Watch, Samurai Jack is going to end up being Hanna-Barbera's Spider-Man. It's owned by somebody else, and then there's going to be, like, years of, like, backlog and paperwork, and eventually he's going to show up in, like, one of the much, much later films. They're going to be like, oh! <gasps> oh, well. All right, so we'll go ahead and get started, and then if Mark does connect, he'll jump in partway through. Uh, <sighs> okay. But you know what? I was hoping Mark would, so I could do less work. I know. I was looking forward to having all four of us back again too. Because you know what I miss most about Commander Cast? I love Calvin, but we were missing half of our regular. And Commander Cast just isn't the same unless we're all here. Fair. What uh, William's really saying is he wished we were all here, so he would have wouldn't have to work so hard. But no, that's exactly it. Because it's not as much work when everyone else is here. Because it's so much more fun. Whatever helps you sleep at night, William. Whatever helps you sleep at night. I actually don't have much, a lot of time trying to get stuff done and lost in the archives. So many cats, so little time. The cats. All cats right. and dogs, living together, what? under the same roof. Alright then. Spirit command. Yep, and let's see, I was hoping Mark would be here for this, but I actually want to read this. Okay, <clears throat> so this one comes from, go back there. Phil! Oh, wait, so is this the start of the episode, um, the section, no. or you just read it? I'm just gonna read it. This can be, like, but this is more, this is more gonna be, like, background, though, for why this sub exists. Okay, just making sure so I know what to cut and what not. Alright. Continue. Alright, so this one's from Phil. I listen to your podcast and the Command Zone. I prefer yours hands down. Why? Yay! What, what distinguishes Command Cast from any other podcast, besides the fact that the I've been listening to it for literally years? Is that I really feel like you guys truly embrace what EDH is about and don't get wrapped up in name drops or go too deep into what Wizards is doing or strategizing on how to ruin someone else's fun. It truly is about community, which is why playing cards at the LGS with your buddies. You want to win, but you want to do it with style and fun. Sometimes it's goofy or wonky, and that's great, as that is the general point of EDH. With that said, I felt for you this episode as Aaron and Eric are clearly not your co-hosts. They are beyond the spike end of the spectrum that Clay provides for the discussion, as he's clearly your spikiest regular co-host, with you in second place. <laughs> yeah, Clay, you're so damn spiky. I like, Start barb dip. I like that level of competitiveness versus fun, and hence the team provides, which is why I'm a loyal listener. Granted, Aaron wasn't so bad as he could see the card be good without, but not overpowered, and it could be fun to play despite not being optimal. Eric could not, with his big words and all. He is clearly a blue player at heart, who is one of the types that says that Island, best card ever printed. I would wager you know what I'm talking about. In the pejorative stance of a player that doesn't understand why people don't like blue, its counters, extra turns, locks, bounce, essentially all effects that prevent other players from actually playing the game of magic, and by most people's definition, having fun playing a game rather than watching someone else play. They both unabashedly also prefer 1v1 command, which is how you and I prefer multiplayer. That is fine, but that does demand a slightly different analysis, which I believe they both bleach over into the more free-for-all style we prefer. Yes! A good card is still good either way, but they definitely look at things through azure color glasses. I could play blue-based douche decks all day long and abuse the rules by bringing a handgun to a knife fight every time. If everyone has a gun, then that's fine! But many times people don't, won't, play the style of deck. 
Many of us see no point when you know the blue player has a cyclonic rift that is a merchant scroll. Pick one of a handful of tours. Or end of turn brainstorm away that is just waiting for you. And you just know that's going to blow you out the fourth time that night. Their answer is to play a better deck. Which essentially means to add blue to it. But if you're, say, Calvin, that's not your bag. It's Boros all the way, suboptimal or not. I absolutely hey. expect that he plays what he likes, win or lose. My point is that I did far more... My point is my point is this is that I did far more eye rolling than which is usually based around bad a bad pun of girls or Calvin doing something ridiculous. Both of which are great reasons to roll your eyes. These, however, were more the uncomfortable type of eye rolls where I felt you were on the defensive. I feel that both of you, but especially Eric, wasn't connecting with your core audience with this podcast. Just FYI. If your audience wants more spiky content, I believe they listen to their podcast or read Eric's article. Or they go elsewhere like the command zone. They come to you because they fe- want to feel like they're listening to non-elitists, non-cutthroat players, who get them good ideas and analysis and go beyond pure magic strategy by talking about community and play experience, something that Andy got spot on when he created the podcast. And then it goes on to talk about, you know, other ideas we would have or topics and such that we can. But that's basically why we're having this discussion, because it's a good idea to have, you know, what do we consider fun, what do we consider to be, you know, being too into wanting to play a more optimal type game versus what I respect what has become back to casual. Now, this is a topic that I actually could get involved with when discuss. As far as like that whole werewolf deck that's coming up next and the humans tribal thing, I, I, I could care less about werewolves. Don't really like them little flippy fuckers unless it's online. And as far as like human tribal, it's human tribal. Fuck, we don't really human. Oh my god. <laughs> So what's going on, Clay, before I start uh, bitching and complaining? Not too much. Just waiting That's for the semester to be over. Yes. How's Mallory doing? She is doing well. Is she there? Calvin asked her how you were doing. So Mala <laughs> said, hey, girl. I haven't spoken hey, to her girl. in, like, weeks. <laughs> she says hi. Good. Mm. Now, that must have been, like, a really heavy-ass bottle of aspirin for him to, like, just slam it down on the table like that. Okay, so apparently I left the ibuprofen at home. I'm just going to have to truck this. You know, what the hell did you just slam down on the table? Well, I didn't slam nothing on the table. Wait a second. You're not home. Where are you? I am home. But you just said I left the ibuprofen at home. I met at work. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, William, don't make me slap you. Please. Like, like you could reach me. I totally could. I just don't want to. I'm tired. I don't feel like beating the shit out of somebody right now. <laughs> All right. So you guys ready for community? I guess so. Right, like, William makes it seem like he's, like, this really long distance away. He's right there on the other side of the table. I could I could reach right over and just choke you right here. Please don't choke the host. Okay. Uh-huh. And now here comes the point where I'm actually going to be sitting back and watching the comment section for the listeners on this episode now. Because just, like, the, the like, yes. So, Clay, how do you play Commander and why? And William, this is what happened to you. And Calvin completely made out the entire segment without saying anything about how he plays, <laughs> not about how he feels. I mean, I'm going to go home for the summer, and I'm going to have to ramp up my deck's aggression, because apparently the uh, metagame at Atomic has evolved in this past year, and it's become very much better tuned than it was last year. Let's see. Hayes still plays that regularly, yep. right? Yeah. I have no clue what he's playing these days. He still has Grenzo put together, I think. Um, get him, Hayes. <laughs> so, Calvin, what do no. you what do you try and get when you play a game? Moving on to the next segment. Like, don't try, don't try and like you know 
to like try to like get some sweet some some sweet editing done. Try to get me to figure out a way to take something that I've said and slip it back in there. Nope. Mm-mm. Uh-uh, that ain't happening. So is Captain this a is... stone brow werewolf deck? It is. It's a lot of werewolves. It is a lot Zom- of werewolves. Full moon's rise, though. Yeah, I mean, there are decent werewolves here. But... Oh god, are you trying to put moon mist on an ice ground scepter? Yes! This isn't me. This is actually one of our listeners. Ah, that's really cute, but ice ground scepter is terrible in this deck. <laughs> a little bit, because it actually just casts spells. Although it Mist... only casts Moonlight Hunt and Moon Mist, which, granted, are incredibly powerful, but on an Isochron Scepter. Yes. It just seems like Love a dead it. card 90% of the time. Yeah. Oh, well. Let's go ahead and get this started. But, but, but 10% of the time, it works every time. Yeah. All right, then. <clears throat> actually, I need to write this. So we take a week off, and we get, like, email after email after email of what actually we should be doing with the show, and we actually have a show. You see that, listeners? We finally have see what a happened? show. It's like, like, you don't have to sit back and just listen to the Commander Cast crew ramble on about things that we want to talk about. We want to talk about what you want us to talk about. Shoot us an email, and we will talk about the things you want us to talk about. Do you want us to talk about strip clubs? Shoot us an email. Do you want us to talk about <laughs> the thug life and... What is it like growing up on the hard streets? We'll talk about it. Shoot us an email. Yeah. But if you want us to talk about it, feel free to, like, you know, shoot an email, tell us about some card or whatever, or some deck, and we'll talk about it. We don't need to continuously just, you know, boost our own egos. We're here to boost yours, too. Yay. Let's see. Just got to find a... Another so I'm, I'm watching Saffron Olive stream Modern, and he's playing uh, Red Green Stone Rain, Red and Green he Stone beast Rain? within... He beast within the land, and then the beast token just killed him because he never drew anything else. Huh. <laughs> Nothing to remove it with. We were hoping he would draw another beast within, so he had to beast within the beast token from the beast within to give him another beast token. It is the will of Zedru that you have this 3-3 beast token. Here, enjoy it. Make it block it, well. it, Like it, it blew up a land of yours, and it has been known to randomly kill people. I'll be over here, drawing some cards. Alright then, so let's go ahead and help Mr. Winders, aka the Dick Z. <laughs> so, Sorry, I laughed at that one a little bit than I expected. <laughs> I think it's, let's see, actually, let me check the Twitter group. I want to know his Twitter. The Dick. I think it was Dick. Well, hello everybody, and welcome to another edition of Touch the Duh Tuesdays. Let's see, Nick L. Nuts has already complimented Calvin on not touching certains. Like the Duh. <laughs> okay, it's over on the Manicast. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, there are some things even the captain won't touch. Yep, it was D-Law. It was D-Law on Twitter. D-Long? D-Law. As in, like, I am the the law. Oh, I am D-Law. So, today, let's see. Oh, I I thought I saw a new message mark. I was about to be happy. Take three. (laughs) What time is it now? It is currently 9.07. All right, we have one last segment to go through. Damn it, Mark. Mark. Mark, we were looking for you, man. He said he was looking for him fine on Monday, too. Like, that's the kicker. So what Mark's really saying is that his internet does work, but he just doesn't want to talk to us. I get it. I, I see where you're laying down. Or maybe Skype hates us. Maybe Skype has finally decided that, you know what? There's been enough Commander Cast put on air, and it's going to do what it can to kind of shut us down. I say, nay, sir, there is never enough Commander Cast. <laughs> I have yet begun the fight. All right, guys, let's do this. Oh, let's see. what was that? There was a there was a spell from Zendikar that had kicker of tap and untap vampire. You could actually rain some for what? 
I have no clue. Because someone actually played that again, and I was like, what? Sounds like Thirst of Blood. It was... No, that's not Taste of Blood. Taste of Blood is horrible. Ah, it had Kicker, Tap of Vampire. What was it? I know what you're talking about. I think it is Thirst for Blood, though. No, it's Blood Tribute. Ah, well, I wanted to think. I knew Blood was in the title, damn it. Someone actually used that against me when they were playing an Olivia deck, and I was like, huh. I actually do kind of need that for Olivia now, because it has a very nice life-solidifying effect. Not bad. No, it's not. And if you're playing a control deck, what do you need? You need time. You need life. You need ways to, you know, not die. And Blood Tribute actually makes use of the fact that there's no lower table player at the table. Alright, Dad, so going to the outro. Uh, if people want to reach out and contact me, they can all go straight to hell. Uh, I'm just playing with you. I wouldn't send my listeners there. I spend more enough time there, my damn self.